up, everyone, and welcome back to the program. The current situation down in Mexico surrounding the war on drugs is absolutely foobar. AMLO, when he first came into office, that's the Mexican president, by the way, promised that there wouldn't be the army in the streets. He even talked about legalization of drugs and doing away with prohibition, which I think would be a good move. But none of that has happened, has it? In fact, Mexico has increasingly become more violent, more dangerous, and there are more drugs being made in laboratories to be pumped into America than ever before. Then you add to that all of the extra precursor chemicals pouring in from China. And folks, we got ourselves a serious situation. And where do you think all of that stuff is destined for? That's right, a community near you. Here in Las Vegas, we just had a juvenile get arrested because he sold fentanyl to another kid who overdosed and died in school. Now, how long have I been saying that on this podcast, folks? How long have I been ringing those warning bells? Because it's very dangerous and it's coming to a neighborhood near you and I want you to all be aware of that. If the legacy media won't hit you on it, then maybe I can give you a little bit, a little tidbit that you might not be getting and hopefully that can help you, you know, with your kids maybe. Because I know that this sort of thing isn't on the forefront of everyone's mind. Who's thinking about fentanyl really, right? But we have to, unfortunately, because we can't trust the powers that be to protect our communities. We can't trust the federal government to come up with a proper plan to attack this problem. All they do is make it worse. So we have to be on the lookout, right? Make sure our kids aren't goofing around. We got to talk to them, even though it might be a hard conversation. Hey, look, you know, I know you might experiment with drugs, but you have to be careful because this, 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 and this. And I know that's a pretty basic conversation that most parents do have with their kids, but it's more important now than ever, in my opinion, because the situation in Mexico, it's spinning out of control, and there's going to be no way to stop what's coming across the border. And a border wall 5,000 feet high wouldn't stop it either, folks, because all of this stuff is coming in through the trucks. It's coming in through our ports. And all of that is wrapped up with NAFTA. The greatest thing that ever happened to the drug cartels, listen to me when I'm telling you this, okay, was NAFTA. All of those millions of trucks on the road coming in and out now with less regulation on them? Well, you do the math. You think it's a coincidence that the increase of overdoses has been so much? I mean, in 1999, we were looking at roughly 3,000 overdoses in the country. Fast forward to 2021, we're at 108,000. And nobody's out here ringing alarm bells. We're not having congressional meetings about this. Where's the committee about this? Today, we have an article from the Los Angeles Times and the headline, Mexico's president vowed to end the drug war. Instead, he's doubled the number of troops in the street. Well, that's because you're not going to end the the war on drugs by trying to shoot your way out of it or arrest your way out of it. You have to deal with the problem, and that's addiction. This, uh, this article was authored by Kate, uh, excuse me, Kate Linthicum. After cartels unleashed a wave of violence across Mexico last week, killing civilians, blocking roads with burning vehicles, and setting dozens of stores on fire, 
The government here responded as it often does to an outbreak of lawlessness. It sent in the troops. And look, I don't really fault them for doing this because the Mexican police are completely outgunned and a lot of them, unfortunately, are corrupt. So I don't blame AMLO for bringing in the military here. I would have done the same thing if I was him. What I do say is a problem is his strategy overall. He signaled to the cartels right from the jump that it was going to be hugs, not bullets. You think the cartel cares about that? You think they're going to reciprocate? Oh, well, AMLO wants to have some hugs instead of uh, bullets, so okay. No, it's plata y plomo, okay? Either you take the bribe or you take the lead. That's how the cartels operate. The thousands of soldiers and National Guard members who arrived in the cities of Tijuana, Juarez, and Guadalajara in recent days appeared ready for combat with helmets, camouflage, and assault rifles strapped across their ballistic vests. It was a reminder of not only the ongoing security crisis gripping the nation, but also President uh, Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador's failed promise to pull soldiers off the streets. Look, promises are all fine and well. And when you're running for office, it's easy to make a bunch of promises. But once you're in charge and once you have to govern, well, it's a whole different ballgame, isn't it? And he's learning real quick that the cartels don't want to play ball with you. They want one thing and one thing only, more power. As a candidate, AMLO vowed a radical break with the militarized security strategy of his predecessors, which he blamed for turning Mexico into a cemetery. And look, I do not disagree with his strategy in principle. There has to be a better way, right? And for me, that better way is getting rid of prohibition. But short of that, if you're going to enforce these laws, then you have to do it with extreme force. But the cartels are very powerful. And even when Mexico brings in the troops, brings in the military, like we talked about earlier this morning, or yesterday, I should say, there's times where the National Guardsmen get kidnapped. He floated the idea of drug legalization and amnesty for criminals and promised to lift up poor communities with hugs, not bullets. Insisting that soldiers, soldiers don't solve anything, he repeatedly vowed to return the army to the barracks. Yet, since taking office nearly four years ago, AMLO has embraced armed forces with unprecedented fervor expanding many of the same policies that he once attacked. Oh, wait, what you're telling me is he's a, he's a politician? So he attacked the policies that came before him, and then when he gets into office, just keeps going with the same policies. So no different than here in America, basically. Oh, okay. This guy was out here running all kinds of yap about how he was going to end the violence. But we know that it's one thing to talk shit, and it's another thing to really walk that walk. And AMLO has been lacking. Point blank period. Mexico is no better off now than they were when he took over. In fact, the violence is worse. More than 200,000 federal troops are deployed across Mexico. More than twice as many as any point since the country launched the, the war on drug traffickers 16 years ago. So we're talking about the, wor- the most troops yet out on the streets and battling drug cartels, but AMLO has the audacity to say, hugs not bullets. That includes members of the expanded military and Navy, as well as more than 92,000 members of the National Guard, a new force created by Lopez Obrador, 
that is trained by the army and is mostly made up of former soldiers. The president initially pledged to keep the National Guard under civilian rule and to remove the army from the streets entirely by the end of his term in 2024. So basically all he did was turn the National Guard into an army brigade and say, nah, this is the National Guard, this isn't the army. It's all about optics, playing politics. Meanwhile, the good people of Mexico are being forced from their homes, kidnapped and killed at an outrageous clip. Now he says he plans to place the National Guard under control of the armed forces and mandate that the armed forces be allowed to continue their policing role indefinitely. Derided by lawmakers as unconstitutional, his proposal has revived a long-running debate about whether the military, a force designed to battle foreign armies, should be used to fight domestic crime. No, it should not, especially here in America. Posse Comitatus says no. And do you want the military out here patrolling our streets? I certainly do not. It's bad enough that these cops have tanks and shit, right? I talk about that all the time. Do these, pl- these police forces really need 86 tanks? Come on now. How about we put that money into uh, having some um, psychologists on board or having some family therapists on board to help during domestic disputes? These cops are already up against it. They're not trained to be psychologists. The consensus among security experts, human rights advocates, and many public officials is that the federal troops are simply not cut out for a job that requires an intimate knowledge of local communities and training in investigations and crime prevention. Military is not used to knocking on doors, collecting evidence. They're used to coming in and wiping MFers out, right? To make their case in point, They point to the soaring death toll in the years since 2006 when then-President Felipe Calderon first called on the military to help combat drug cartels, an arrangement he said would be temporary. That year, 10,452 people were killed in Mexico. And that's a lot of people, right? But a small drop in the bucket compared to how many people died from overdoses in America in 2021. Homicides today hover at more than 35,000 a year. An additional 30,000 people have gone missing during Lopez Obrador's term alone. And even if you add both of those numbers up, it's still 48,000 shy of how many Americans died of overdoses. Entire industries here are now dominated by organized crime. And a U.S. military official recently estimated that a third of Mexico is ungoverned territory where criminal groups operate with impunity. That's a fair number. It really is. Mexico is a vast place with a lot of places, you know, off the grid, if you will. And the cartels, they're running all of these places with nobody in their way to stop them. We have decades of accumulated evidence to show that militarizing public security doesn't solve Mexico's violence problem, said Stephanie Brewer, an expert on security and human rights at the think tank Washington office on Latin America. It's not realistic to expect that by doing the same thing, you're going to produce different results. Hallelujah, someone else to say it. Look, I'm not, I'm not out here saying that I'm a big fan of people doing drugs. I am not. I've lost relatives to overdoses. What I am telling you is this. Human nature is pretty simple in this regard. People are going to do what they want to do. And no matter how many laws you have in place or how many people you put in jail, they're going to continue to do those drugs. We have to get to the core issue. What's causing them to do those drugs? 
and then deal with those issues. Is it a gigantic task? Yes, it is. But how much money do we spend on putting people in prison for simple drug use when that money can better be repurposed to getting them off of those drugs? Brewer and others have long insisted that peace in Mexico depends on reforming the nation's corrupt police forces and reducing impunity by teaching prosecutors how to properly investigate crimes. The U.S. government agrees, and it has spent hundreds of millions of dollars on training programs for the armed forces and police. While that's all fine and well, every dollar that they spend on fighting this war on drugs, the same amount should be spent on trying to get people off of these drugs. But Lopez Obrador has slashed police budgets. He also d- disbanded the federal police force, which had been, dogged by, had been dogged by allegations that authorities were colluding with the criminals they were supposed to be fighting. Look, AMLO's own political party has that hanging over their head. So I don't know what he's talking about here, unless, of course, it's to get more control. And that's certainly what it looks like. Instead of trying to reform law enforcement, Lopez Obrador put his faith in the Army and the Navy, which are consistently ranked as two of the nation's most trusted institutions. Look, I understand why he would want to do that. There is so much corruption with the federal police force that came before them, uh, the PRI, and, you know, with the local police, they don't make enough money. So I understand the mindset behind it, but putting it into play, it never works out the way you think it will. Traditionally, the military played a limited role in public security and civilian uh, civilian affairs here, setting Mexico apart from other parts of Latin America that suffered coups and and military governments. So when the military starts getting their fingers involved in things stateside, a lot of times it leads to military uh, coups and all kinds of wild shit, right? Juntas and stuff that we want nothing to do with. Under an arrangement set eight eight decades ago by the then-dominant Institutional Revolutionary Party, the military was left to its own devices so long as it didn't interfere in governance. Without wars to fight, the troops attracted little public attention. AMLO has not only kept the armed forces in charge of policing, but also expanded their duties well beyond security, giving them control of civilian tasks. Yeah, that always works out well, huh? especially in a place like Mexico where, man, shit is going south quickly and the people have a healthy distrust for the government and they know that the government can't protect them, so they're in a bad spot. Troops now lead the fight against illegal immigration, the COVID-19 pandemic, and the theft of fuel from gas lines. They run the country's biggest infrastructure projects, including construction of an airport and a major train line, and control the nation's ports and border crossings. This is all bad for Mexico. What's going to happen is one of these up-jump generals is going to start feeling himself, and there'll be a coup eventually. That's where we're headed here, folks, okay? Everybody else might want to, you know, beat around the bush, and not me. That's exactly where we're headed. The newfound alliance between the president and the armed forces has fueled speculation and fear about his motives. Some say... AMLO needs the military because he has alienated many of the nation's traditional power brokers, including its business elite and the opposition parties that maintain strong links to public sector unions. 
So Mexico has a whole different kind of governance, right? They were controlled by one party for a very, very long time. And look how that ended up. Whenever you have one party control, it always ends up in corruption. That's why I laugh and laugh loudly when people talk about getting rid of one party or the other in America. And Oh, yeah, so we only have one party, huh? It's bad enough we only have two to choose from. Now you want to get rid of that and give us one. Perfect. What could possibly go wrong? Others worry he is consolidating power before a potential attempt to stay in office after his term ends. That would be a disaster. An absolute disaster if he did that. Why does he insist on giving more and more responsibilities to the army? Security expert Ernesto Lopez Portillo said, What does the president want after 2024? AMLO, who denies that he intends to violate the Constitution by serving more than one six-year term, says he has turned to the army because it is one of the most efficient and least corrupt branches of the government in Mexico. So how about you try and fix things, AMLO? You're going to kick the can down the road and instead of giving a full account of what's really going on to the Mexican people, you just kick the can down the road a little bit more and have the army take over? Because that always ends up well. Human rights officials worry about the potential for abuse. Misconduct in the armed forces, including killings, forced disappearances, and torture, is typically investigated by the military institutions themselves instead of by civilian prosecutors and rarely results in punishments. Yeah, so they'll be free to kidnap whoever they want and not have to answer for it anymore. That's cool. There are some indicators that suggest the armed forces have taken a new, less aggressive tack under AMLO. Where, uh, whereas the military once confronted organized crime head-on, sometimes killing bystanders in shootouts, today's troops seem more focused on street patrols than cartel battles. Well, that's all based on what the cartel wants to do. If they're patrolling the street, then the cartel can avoid them, or if they want to take them on, then that's what they'll do. To act like the Mexican government has any control over that is laughable at best. In Michoacan State, for example, locals have complained that the army simply acts as a buffer between criminal groups instead of directly challenging them. Data show troops have been engaged in fewer shootouts than under the two previous presidents and have seized fewer numbers of guns. Perhaps a sign that the president's hugs-not-bullets rhetoric has trickled down to the troops on the ground. Or the, the troops, they don't want to push the envelope. They know that they have chance they get killed or kidnapped. So if the president wants to go hugs, not bullets, hey, why should we put our lives on the line? Still, hundreds of people have filed complaints about the armed forces with the National Human Rights Commission since uh, AMLO took office. There have been high-profile cases in which troops appeared to act, ex- to act extrajudiciously, including one in which a National Guard member killed a 19-year-old university student. Even with homicides near all-time highs and regular bursts of violence, such as the one seen last week, Lopez Obrador and the armed forces maintain high approval ratings. Well, in a country of the corrupt, I mean, when you only have one group that is at least partially not corrupt, Of course they're going to have high ratings. It may seem like a paradox, but it's not, said Carlos Bravo Regidor, a professor at the CIDE Public Research Institute in Mexico City. In times of uncertainty, in times of fear, 
Institutions built around the image of discipline become the place where people run to, he said. People gravitate towards solutions of order more than solutions of justice. That is true. Unfortunately, here in America, well, there's nowhere left to gravitate to. The FBI, no. CIA, negative. ATF, come on. So I get that, that when there is institutional distrust, it makes things a lot more difficult for society to get going. He said he felt dispirited. We've been here for 15 years, and it's disheartening to feel that we've dug ourselves into such a profound hole, and we're still saying, you know, our only chance is to keep digging, he said. Man, things are bad in Mexico, folks, and it's just going to get worse. The cartels are going to continue to push the envelope, and they're going to continue to try and get these drugs to market. And nothing AMLO or anyone else says or does is going to stop that. Unless we try something completely radical. Unless we try something completely new. Short of that, you can, continue to, you can expect to continue to see the same results that we've seen in the past. And my guess is, the overdose rate moving forward, it's going to eclipse what we saw in 2021, and it's going to be startling. The question is, will anyone in the legacy media even care? That's going to do it for this episode. If you'd like to contact me, you can do that at bobbycapucci at protonmail.com. That's B-O-B-B-Y-C-A-P-U-C-C-I at protonmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at B-O-B-B-Y underscore C-A-P-U-C-C-I. The link that I discussed can be found in the description box. All right, everybody, that's going to do it. I will talk to you all in a bit.